Welcome back to our 35th episode of the Launcher Farm Show, where I interview Chris Knighton with the Knighton Real Estate Advisors in Grimsby, Ontario. In this episode, Chris and I talk about why you shouldn't worry about the competition in your farm, because in most cases, you can outservice them. Chris also shares how he focused on raising the bar in his own business by looking at what other agents weren't doing and ramped up his customer service. And we talk about what strategies Chris used to leverage massive growth in his farm and a super easy way to connect with the people in your farm and how to add value to them. Plus, Chris shares how to stand out and get more attention and build a name in your farm very quickly. Plus, a ton of other ideas and strategies that you can use to grow your geographic farm. So be sure to check out this episode, like and subscribe, and enjoy the episode with Chris. Welcome back to another episode of the Launcher Farm Show. I'm your host, Ryan Smith, and today we've got a great guest. It's Chris Knighton with the Knighton Real Estate Advisors. So Chris, take a second, tell us a bit about yourself and why you're here. Uh, thank you. All right, thanks for having me. Um, my name's Chris Knighton. I run a, uh, a small to medium-sized team out in Grimsby, Ontario. Um, give a little bit of brag on our people. We, uh, we were number one in Canada for KW. For January, for teams, for GCI, we're the uh, top producing per agent team across all brands for two years in a row, which is pretty, um, I was really excited about for our people. Nice. Um, last year, we did uh, almost 300 deals and about 150 million in production and volume. Awesome. And uh, yeah, we just were in a, a good little, I think a, a fun little family. It's not even a business, like a family. Organization is like family. And I'm in this building all by myself that I own right now. <laughs> Gone, but it's um it's a really cool place to work and i've been i've been doing real estate for 17 16 years i was in houston for 10 ran my own brokerage investment firm down there and me and my wife owned a bunch of shopping centers and office buildings and decided to move back to my hometown of stony creek ontario about six years ago six years yeah six years ago so we've been back in canada for six years and started growing the team around four and a half years ago Awesome. So you kind of got your roots when you started here in residential. I think from what I know of you, it was more commercial side of things and investment in, in the States. And absolutely. Yeah. So that was more of, um, uh, we, we did a lot. We started doing lots more residents. I said lots more. I never really <laughs> I didn't, didn't transact a lot. We just mostly, I focused on, um, uh, our own investments and, uh, it was just a crazy story going down to Houston. <laughs> I think, think about like five to 10 million people in this, in this area. Uh, that's a city and um, compared to here where you know all of southern Ontario is like yeah. 10 million people right so yeah exactly crazy but I love being back the best move I ever made was to move back to Canada. awesome so when you got started and you came back what did that look like for you to jump into the real estate world from the residential side of things then well I came back and my plan was to I didn't know what the heck we were doing <laughs> I was like you know what we're gonna shut down my mother-in-law passed away so we moved back I wanted to be close to family um and we focus on like we started building our house that we don't live in anymore but we're down by the lake in stony creek and we started while we were down there came back and i didn't i didn't even want to get into real estate but i was still talking to commercial uh brokerages in like downtown toronto i don't know what the heck i was going to do but i knew i was getting my license up here anyways it was pretty easy because i had my broker's license down there mm-hmm. and um Honestly, I saw this is no dig on anybody, but I went from this huge metropolitan area where I was this tiny little fish in a massive ocean, not even a pond. Yeah. And the level of professionalism in our industry of real estate was, especially in the commercial side, was so much more evident down there. Mm-hmm. And it felt like when I came back to Canada, my hometown, it's like I took a, like a, 
a time warp back to like <laughs> the mid 1990s. Like still, like in Hamilton, we still use combination lock boxes. Yeah, they started using Supra lock boxes, which was combination um, uh, electronic lock boxes in 2000 and 2001 in Houston. <laughs> That's crazy. 20 years ago, crazy, yeah. right? Yeah. So. But I also saw the level of professionalism in the industry and I knew that I wanted to help people. Like that's my, my entire mission. My actually written down mission, vision, value. My mission is to be the best version of myself every single day. So that when I wake up, I can help other people live their best lives, whether it's financially, spiritually in business. And uh, I just saw there was, there was an opportunity business-wise, but there's also a need. Cause that's like, if anybody ever, represented my parents who were you know their late 60s and their 70s now um at this level i would be like oh this is so and again it was no dig against anybody in particular i think it was just the nature of our industry here was very antiquated in my mind so i uh, i saw that as an opportunity i said you know what i'm just gonna get in there and i can work from my home office and i can you know make a little bit of cash but do it in a professional way and, and i didn't want to leave my subdivision we're in 50 point and it was like i could do enough business here if i just put my mind to it so that's how I kind of got into the the real estate residential game here in canada yeah so you started farming your area and that's i find a lot of agents do that they start with the area they work in and then they either quickly figure out it's a good area or it's not a good area or they expand so what would that look like for you when you started jumping into it did you do yeah, research so I- or was it just because you live there I, I, I did research because when I was looking when I was looking to build our house, I wanted to be in the highest dollar, highest turnover area in in that area. Because if we ever had to sell or anything, I wanted to be able to get out. Because I was putting, I mean, I didn't have credit, so I had to go and put a whole bunch of money, of my own money, into this building, and I couldn't get any financing <laughs> until I, you know, filed a tax return, um, which I hadn't done in, in ten years prior. Um, so I, I knew that's why it just happened that it worked out good for the business because. I was like, um, I, I didn't know how to get going in residential. So I'm just going to talk to people. I sent out a letter before I even had my license and said, Hey, I'm getting the business. Here's my card. It's probably not legal, but whatever. <laughs> um, and then, uh, I started, uh, door knocking. And I remember it was, it was cold. And I went from like, we weren't retired by any means, but like, I didn't really need to work too much down South cause we had everything kind of set up and I worked cause I loved it. And so going back, putting my ego aside and going knocking on doors, and like, it was cold like that. I don't know if you remember 2014, the end of 2014, like it was like frigid. Yeah. It was one of those really cold winters. So I went out door knocking and a lot of people like, oh, buddy, listen, you, there's a team here. They sell everything yeah. there. You probably want to go knock another thing. So I'm like, well, that's, <laughs> thank you. I'm going to use that. And I said, I told a bunch of people, so I'm going to take over this. I'm going to be the number one uh, agent in, uh, by the end of the year in this area. Everyone's like, Good luck. Good luck. So six months later, um, I was the number one agent and I had a team. I'm not going to say any names that still to this day, they loathe me. Like they have never been anything but nice to them, speak highly of them. Yeah. I don't ever speak bad about anybody because it gets around back to you in some way, shape or form. And they just, I mean, Rico complaints and like talking shit about me all the time. <laughs> Hear this and i'm just like oh man if, if i ever become that sad as an individual i do not want to be doing anything because i have the saying well that's not my saying but winners focus on winning losers focus on winners yeah. I'm, like, I'm just going to focus on again, being the best version of myself and i do that every day I take a step forward get better i can be happy with whatever it is because it's not out, it's not outcome or results based it's yeah. 
action-based. And if I take action to move me in that direction, my happiness can, can be elevated. That's a great point because a lot of agents focus on the competition and they they're worried and they they don't they go after or they don't want to go after an area because there's someone who's a dominant player and I always tell agents that's one piece of the measurement when you're trying to decide if you should go after it. it's not the only and so many agents stop their business or don't do what they could do at a full potential their full potential because they're worried about someone else or they're worried about stepping on toes and at the end of the day if you do it right you're going to step on some toes but as long as you're doing it legally and above board you're out to make money and grow a business and that's absolutely and you're, you can talk to anybody if you're representing somebody or you're represented by somebody i can talk to you about anything i can say i'm not soliciting your business but you want to ask questions i can talk to you you're a human being it does not give you the right if you have a representation agreement to hold your converse or hold those persons those people back that's coming from scarcity come from mm -hmm. a and the funniest thing funniest story um again i'm not gonna say the name so <laughs> this guy um right beside me i was putting a, a new fence on the backyard but the guy next to me was a developer a builder that this other agent their team represented for a bunch of stuff in the area so um i called the the neighbor who was a builder in the area i'm like hey but it's going i'm going to build a fence and everything and if you ever think like, i'm looking to buy um, i was looking to buy this uh, thirty thousand square foot uh, multi-purpose property right downtown hamilton which i definitely should have paid and should have picked it up but i didn't want to overpay for the time yeah. I got tripled my money. Um, anyways, um, and I was like, hey, if you ever want to get into like talk about investments, I'm always looking for stuff. And I got we moved back. I got I got to put money somewhere. And you know, if you ever want to talk about like partnerships, let's grab coffee. So I get a call from this agent, and be like, you talk to my client and everything. I'm, at. I'm like, yeah. He's like, you that's 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 unethical. I'm like, I didn't talk to him about selling his homes or anything. I I said, you want to go invest in something, and do you want to. If you want to, um, uh, do you want to do, build this fence with me? Like split on the cost of fence. And actually, funny enough, I tried to call the agent before, but he never called me back because. <laughs> so he's like, "If you want to talk to him, you have to go through me." I'm like, "Are you his fucking like handler? Like, yeah. what is this to like, build a fence?" <laughs> I would never be like that because it just it's a sign of desperation, right? And it's, I guess so. It was um, it was eye opening because I never got any hate or shade or whatever the kids are calling these days. Because I was such like a, a this big player in, yeah. in a market. When you come back like hometown, you know you uh, you fart too loud, and the, the whole entire community knows about it, right? I was at family reunion with Keller a few years ago, and it was Ben Kenny was talking, and he said that the tallest trees get hit by lightning the most, and the bigger you get, the more likely you're going to be attracting people to bring some drama. And again, that that stops a lot of agents from from succeeding. Sometimes I find because they're worried that they're going to cause a ruckus and it's, it's like i'd rather be successful and have the money and worry about it later absolutely and i'm i'm actually uh it's one of my favorite things is ruffling feathers been the most <laughs> no just to be like because if someone like comes at me or whatever i'm like i'm gonna do what i think is best and i'm very i'm i i shouldn't say i've never done anything unethical in my life i <laughs> i cannot recall one time in business where i was unethical purposefully yeah. Um, but I'll do whatever I can to push envelopes, push the boundaries of, of whatever words allowed to do and, and everything. But I, I would never do anything to, to harm anybody else. So whenever I do that, people get pissed off. I'm like, thank you so much for the feedback. What would you have done? And a lot of times it's like, well, I would have just done what I always do. And that's where I said, that's exactly why I'm doing this because I just have a difference of opinion of, about growth in this business of life than you. And that's okay too. But what it tells me is that I'm willing to grow and focus on myself where they're wanting to stay comfortable and focus yeah. on me. So.
so for you, you took off very quickly in your farm area and you said it was in six months you, you grew. How did you do that? Because a lot of agents struggle and those that's six months is usually that maker to break at time for a lot of agents. So what did you do to, to get started in that area? So it was eight months in total. So it was six months in the middle of that next year. So I guess starting from November, December, it'd be eight months. And um, just don't stop doing anything. So I have this, uh, this success formula um, that basically the, the, the formula is to uh, hard work plus intentionality and consistency brackets to the power of time. It's like time on task over time. It will consistently yeah. grow. Most people don't want to, they want like right now yeah. as opposed to deferred gratification. I'm, I'm just too, like literally I'm too stubborn to like give up. Maybe that's what it is. That's why when we went through the recession down South, um, I was able to, to do so well because everybody else gave up and I was like the only one left. It was like, you ever seen, uh, you know, um, uh, Forrest Gump when he's got the fishing boat, all the other boats got wiped out. He was the only one left and catch on the trip. That's what I felt like. And he <laughs> There's just business everywhere now because everybody yeah. got the business. Right. And if you stay in there long term for the right reasons, uh, that just kind of comes back to you. So the, the six month thing is if someone's farming an area, so you've got to put a 24 month yeah. window on your efforts, because if you don't, if you don't, first of all, put the effort in and don't have the budget in place, yeah. you're going to give up. Yeah. And if you're expecting to see a return, if you're treating yourself as an actual business owner, if you make an investment into a business, how long do you see that turnover or that return back to you? We're in a business where your average turnaround time, even if you have a client today is three months. Yeah. It's not like I'm selling this pen, right? Yeah. So I get a lot of, I, I, I call people all the time. I've been doing it for like eight months and I haven't gotten anything. <laughs> Well, shit, you're halfway, almost halfway there. Like, keep, up, keep going. So that that would be my advice. Like, if you're doing something, do it consistent. Do it every single day. Door knock every day, cold call every day, whatever it is. And all those things are kind of going to the wayside a little bit. However, it doesn't matter how you, what you do. If you do anything with consistency, you're going to get good at it. And I say, do the right thing. Because if, if Tom Brady, with consistency, threw ducks and got picked off every time. I say ducks, like, like a kind of not a tight spiral, he'd be really good at being a shitty quarterback. <laughs> yeah. But he practices, perfect practice makes perfect. He practices the right way and the right things and look at the results. It doesn't happen. Exactly. Yeah, and I think it's important, like you said, that the two-year commitment is huge. I, I tell people at a bare minimum, you need to commit for a year because that's where you see agents fall off. They jump in, they try paying out of their pocket for a couple months that doesn't work and they give up. And then they're literally at that six feet from gold where they're about to hit and then they stop. Reality is you got to keep going. And one of the things I teach is you got to fund your farm from your farm, but up front, you need to fund your out of your pocket. So you have to have a budget that you can commit to, and you're not going to feel pissed off if you don't get it right away, get it back right away. Once you get the results, then you start funding that farm from your farm and you need to then take the money and put it back into it. And I've seen a lot of agents where they don't do that. They take the deals, they take all the profits, put it into their bank account. And then when they have a slow couple months, they go, wow, do I really want to pull it out of my, my personal account? My wife's going to kill me because I, I don't have the money to, and I've been spending money. It's like, no, you got to keep funding it and just keep doing it and stay consistent with this. Yeah, Kerwin Ray says it best. He's like, this is what you do. If you want to have, if you want to build a business that starts to feed itself and grow itself and create this uh, momentum, you have to reinvest, put your ego aside and your, your life, uh, your, your lifestyle choices aside for, hold your breath here, 10 years. If you can do that for <laughs> yeah. 10 years, yeah, 
most people don't want to do it for 10 days. Yeah, 10. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, so I'll, about my business, I came back, I put $10,000 into a business account yep. and I was like, I'm not doing this. I was not planning to do what I'm doing now. No, definitely not. But I put $10,000 into our entire business started from a $10,000 investment, but treat it like an actual business. Yep. And I mean, last year we did $3.3 million in GCI. And I look at that from a $10,000 investment, but I reinvest everything. I, you can ask my operations manager um, for last three, four years, I've barely paid myself. Luckily I have other things that kind of keep us afloat. And I, obviously I take money when I need it, but I don't ever yeah. use that, use this business to live. Um, and now that we have a prec and we can actually run it like a, a fortune 500 company, those retained earnings are, are there to, to help fund us. Like if everything, yeah, exactly. like with, I was very fortunate, like if the prec had been there a few years ago, this would be better, but during COVID, I know a lot of teams around the world shelled up, not fired people, maybe let them go or laid them off and kind of shelled up where I took, um, oh, what's his name? 10 X guy, uh, Grant Cardone. Grant Cardone yeah. Yeah. And we, uh, we let zero people go. Um, we let two people go that were in on non-paid positions that were like team, like sales team members yeah. or an intern that just, they, they couldn't make it work and they were kind of holding yeah. us nicest people, but just weren't what we want to do. Right, right, right. We, uh, we didn't miss a beat. Um, luckily I owned the building, still paid $15,000 a month in rent, still, uh, had payroll, full payroll, never held anybody back. We bonused everybody. We gave everybody raises. And honestly, if we had a came from that scarcity mindset we i don't there's no way we'd have been like last year we finished off at number four in the nation for kw with about three i think it was three two or three three in gci which is still not great but um if we had have gone the other way there's no way we would have been able to do that so and that helped us sorry that helped us the one month um may was it may or june um so april was terrible um and then May we picked up, it was June. So the two months afterwards, right. Um, we kept everything going, everybody doubled down their activities, worked from home. And we had our first month ever that was over 600,000 in GCD for one month. So it was, it was interesting. And it, it started with that initial investment. And that's where a lot of agents miss that. And they don't think of it as an investment. They think of it as it's a cost. And it's, I look at any type of farming as a long-term investment. And if you're investing in the stocks, if you're investing in anything, it's you take that money and then you reinvest and you take the, the, the money you make off it and you keep putting into it. And if you do it right, it's not a, how much is farming going to cost me? It's how much can I get from my investment? And when you Absolutely. look at it that way, you'll see the results longer Everything. term and, and stick with it. Everything is an investment. Even if, uh, say you got a building here and the roof needs to be replaced. Well, it's an investment in our future health and well-being and housing our, our team. Like it's, it's yeah. everything is an investment. If you're just, if you're looking at everything as a cost, uh, like even like a cost to get your oil changed or change your tires, that's an investment in your safety. Yeah. If you re, uh, reevaluate where you're coming from and your mindset around that. Like you said, you think you hit the nail on the head. Like you have to look at it as an investment, not as a, an expense or a cost. Yeah. But you also have to hold the investment accountable. That's the big thing too. You have to make sure that you are making a return and it's it's going to get you the business you want. Yeah, absolutely. So for you over the last year with the shift, obviously I'm sure you've changed some of the things you've done or how you do business. What does it look like that for you over the last year and what does it look like for you going forward? Well, interesting enough, uh, like everybody, the, the Zoom lifestyle like <laughs> this is 
I, lo I, I love people as much as I like, I, I tell my wife, that's why I should retire, go up to the cottage and I can fish all day. I don't have to see anybody. She's like, you love that. But after five days, you start to get screwed. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I love people, right? Especially like our people, like in our, in our, in our organization, like it's, they're like family and I really treat them that way. I view them that way. So I legit love these people. Yeah. So when I can't see them. I feel like there's that disconnect really kind of, it's tough. I would say it's not tough. It's just something that I'm not comfortable with yet. And so we just, we're, um, we're about 45 days into onboarding our first uh, onboarding class of new agents uh, for 2021. And we started this, we started the hiring process right when, right before this last shutdown, which I don't even get to my opinions on. <laughs> yeah. um, they, uh, it was, I had everything planned. It was going to be in-house. I had the boardroom set up. It was going to be great three times a week in here doing it for the first, uh, 45 days. And we, we did it all. We just finished. Actually, this is their, their, the end of their first, uh, 30 days. We just finished Ignite with KW. Yep. We, we, I taught it in here. Um, while I was standing in this like setup right here in our boardroom, they were all at home. So that has changed quite a bit. So onboarding four people, I would never have chosen to do that. <laughs> yeah. It was all those things where like, I ain't backing down now. So very nervous. I was very worried. I lost sleep. Like, am I going to be able to do the job that I want to? Am I going to be able to do it in the manner or the level that I want to for these people? And right. yeah, I think, I think it's, it's worked out fairly well. So I think a lot of people adjusted to it and as much as no one wants to be in this zoom lifestyle but people have kind of found their place and, and made it work and they probably even everyone has their clean tidy corner of their house where they can set up their zoom meetings and they're used to life like that and it's a little easier for them yeah. i want to go back to before you grew the team because for a lot of agents here they may not have the aspirations to grow a, a large team like that if you were to go back and do your farming again as a solo agent without the aspirations of growing the team what would you do that you did and what would you do differently that what you did uh first and foremost with the team i get a lot of people like i want to with this business i'm going to go back to your question with this business i find a lot of people <laughs> want to get out of the business and have a seven level team so they don't have to work anymore and have money just magically raining on them <laughs> um before they've even like built a business yeah they want to expand to different areas and different regions before they actually have a business people always ask me why haven't you expanded i'm like because 300 deals is about one and a half percent of our board's production if I have one and a half percent market share to really have a business that des deserves to be expanding, we need yeah. we have to work on this. And when I was asked, people always ask me about, um, they say, I want to start a team. I ask them why. And they think it's this massively profitable thing. And it's going to be people working for me and stuff. I'm like, if you, if you're getting into, the, into real estate team building for, for immediate gratification, and you don't think you're going to stay up at night crying and wondering what the heck you're doing, how you're letting people down. And I see people with teams all the time. There's some phenomenal teams, but I see a lot of people, they get and they hire just whoever's there. Yeah. I'm like, why aren't these people working hard for me? I'm like, well, because you just said that. They're, work, they're not working hard for you. You need to work hard for them. Yeah. A different mindset. So what I would have done differently is to not let off the gas pedal. In 2008, yeah. we lost a lot of market share in that neighborhood that we, we do because I was focused on kind of growing this team. Mm me away from that and we didn't have any systems in place to continue that so i would have continued door knocking cold calling sending the like mailers out community events i would continue to do those like i would have just continued to do that 
at a high level. It's got yeah. a lot let my foot off the gas a lot with my personal lead gen because like most team leaders, they want other people to do it. Yeah. Um, and that was the thing I've learned most is you can never stop lead generating at, at you personally, because this is a, uh, this relationship and a trust based relationship business. Yeah. That doesn't matter how much, how many doors you knock, how many cold calls you make, you got to build trust before they're going to want to. I'm going to go back to the, the team growth part too, because uh, it's funny that you, because a lot of you mentioned that a lot of people want to get into it. And like you said, they, they don't know what it's, what's involved and they think it's just this easy money. My brother's a contractor in Niagara and he does very well for himself. And we, we talk, I've coached him with his business and we've talked about that messy middle where it's like, okay, if I got one or two guys, you can make some good money. He's got a small crew. And then to grow from two guys to five guys, he's not making that much more money. He's got to take bigger jobs and there's a lot more risk taking on. And then to really make that next jump in level, he's got to have 10 to 15 guys. And a lot of agents are aiming for this team when it comes to real estate of that messy middle. And it's like, you'd be more profitable to have you and admin and maybe a buyer's agent and be super hyper-focused than try to make this seventh level team and and, and you're not going to make the profits. And, Oh, it's so funny because I tell, I say all the time, like if it was just me, my admin, I'm buyer agent and I had, I could have three admin, me, give me and two agents that are helped with overflow. Yeah. It could be in the last few years, I would have made way more money. Yeah. Honestly, because I reinvest everything back in there. And like I said, that messy middle, which if you're growing, it's always a messy middle. Yeah, exactly. Um, it should be. That's yeah. You grow. And, um, but my ultimate goal is to help as many people as possible. And then the bigger you get, you can become profitable. So it's, it's um, it's a really interesting thing where, like you said, people want to, they think they want to make it easy and put all this stuff in place. And that's why I, I share all of our systems and models with people. Like, why would you even do that? Because if I give this to somebody, nobody's going to be able to go and implement it because they didn't go through it. They can yeah. use the ideas to build their own. Yeah. But if you think you want to bypass five years of like, like I put my friggin' soul into this. Like yeah. it is all I think about, except obviously my family and everything. And it's not, again, not the most profitable thing in the world, but it's what it's my passion about. And again, now that we're at the prep, it can be a lot more profitable. Yeah. But uh, yeah, people say like, oh, you made $2 million last year. I'm like, oh yeah, that'd be great if I made $2 million last year. You know how much more of that I invested back into our people, yeah. back into look at buying another office building, to technology, to keeping this building up and going while we used it for a total of three months last year, four right? So... Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. I think it's there's a ego gets in the way quite a bit for people when they want to get into this business for starting a team. And I was and at like you said, you were looking at how does your numbers compare to the Hamilton area versus a lot of agents will take someone's systems or ideas and they go, man, I could expand that without even doubling down. And that's why I'm teaching farming because it's like there's enough business in a small farm in, in one neighborhood that you can grow a solid business. But then people will try to extrapolate that and go, I'm going to do the whole city, the whole region, the whole area. It's like, start with that small farm first, get your systems down pat, get your marketing down pat, and then you can always expand. And if you do that, it's a lot easier and, and quicker to grow it and more profitable if you do it right. Absolutely. And I love, I love what you said there about the, the Ben Kinney thing, the tallest trees get hit with the most lightning. 2018 was, um, that's when I, I ended up, I had pulmonary embolisms and, didn't almost die, but could have died obviously from it. And um, so it took me away from the business. I stopped lead generating, started trying to like, wasn't focused on the right things. It wasn't ego-based. It was more of like, I just wasn't focused on the right things. Mm. And um, at that time we had 
one of these agents talking shit about me enough to other people where literally I had started to get this. I was the golden boy of this area. Everybody loved, oh my God, it's great. And then not so much. People hated me. I'm just out there to make a buck or anything. Because the more successful you get, the more people think, oh, fuck that guy. I'm not going to use him. He's going to get all the money. He's going to make all stuff. Where now we've become, like, and just push through again. Don't speak ill about him. I follow four agreements. If everyone knows what that is. One of the best books ever. I'm not going to say it's the best one, but be impeccable <laughs> with your words. The very first thing, if you're impeccable with your word, don't take things personally. Because if I had taken it personally, which I did several times, eh, you can't because it has nothing to do with you because it's all on them. It's their limitations. Yeah. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. And, and there's a few dark times where I was like, people don't like me in my own neighborhood because of what other people are saying. And if you try to fight fire with fire or kind of go back, nothing happens. So just follow those four agreements. And over time, you'll start to build up that. Uh, I just did an interview with Andre Chin and just before yours, and he mentioned you and, and it's, he was talking about that. He's like, cause he he farmed his, his neighborhood that he lived in. And they said he listed a listing on his street and the neighbor then was watching everything he was doing. And he said, it was very like toxic. He was calling him. How come you're not at work? You should be selling my house. So he said, when he moved into his new neighborhood now, he's like, I won't farm my street because I don't want people in my own backyard. <laughs> I don't want them out of my business. So sometimes you have to take a, a bit of a step back. And there, that's why there are some benefits to not farming the area you live in. There's some distance where it's like, okay, I don't have, care because I don't have to see them when I walk my dog. Oh my, yeah. And I, my wife hated me because like I, when I, when we came back, we both like, I'm not trying to, how say this? It was like a really, really nice house and she designed it. It was right at the end of 50 Road, right, right across the street from the water. And it was like this, one of the it was a beautiful it's a beautiful home she designed it and um when i sent out this letter when i first came back i sent a letter to like 250 i door knocked and i left it for everybody i put on your new neighbor at 60150 road so whenever i say i'm chris i just live down there people are like oh yeah we walk by your house all the time yeah we know exactly where we always see you on your front lawn with your kids playing i'm like oh god it's kind of <laughs> you have to be okay with that too yeah. people knowing who you are and i like the fact that you there's some accountability and when people are looking at you yep. it ho helps hold you accountable there's no like days off or anything as well right. you always want to be again not not sh not um showing off or not acting but like just be the best version of yourself because if someone's watching you yep you gotta you be on exactly yeah exactly okay. well if you were to give one last piece of advice for our viewers they're thinking about getting started in farming what would you give them as far as advice goes Talk to every single person you know, and don't be shy because that's the easiest thing. Don't be a secret agent. Go talk to everybody. Hey, did you know uh, if you talk to like somebody at the bus stop? Hey, just see what's going on in the market. Do you have any questions or anything? I'm not trying to sell you anything, but if I can provide some value, here's my card. And if you can talk to as many people as possible and provide value to as many people as possible, don't yeah. sell them. Nobody, yeah. we don't sell shit. It's it's all value-based and then we ha I just happen to help people sell homes so provide value to every single person in any way that you possibly can in your farm area and that's great advice and it's especially when you look at your farm it should be always about how much value can you add and the business will come back to you just always say come from value first and the business will find you so if you were to recommend one book that's either made an impact in your life or you think would make an impact on my viewers life what would you recommend well i've already said the four agreements <laughs> so i can't use that one <laughs> I'm going to give three and I'll tell All you right. what, so I'm going to give one for um, business. If 
financial mindset and the other one for parenting because those two things are most important to me. First one, Think and Grow Rich. It's the oldest book in the world and people say bad things about Napoleon Hill and <laughs> um, doesn't matter. That book has changed my life and I've read it about 10 times. Um, and then for two parenting books, Raising Men and then also for if you have a daughter, that's why I had to give another one. Uh, <laughs> uh, strong Father, Strong Daughters. Awesome. We'll put those in the notes so people can check them out. So that's great. How can our viewers check out what you're up to or connect with you if they'd like to? You can go to Instagram, check out Night Real Estate Advisors. Our team's hilarious on, on social media. We have a good sense of humor. Mine's uh, Night in Real Estate. That's my personal one. Night in Real Estate Advisors on Instagram, uh, social media. You can go to our webpage, nightandlistings.com. And oh, if anybody's nightandreviews.com if you have a gmail address and you want to give us a five-star rating that would be incredible <laughs> um that would be awesome and man i really do appreciate it yeah, awesome you. Well, thank you for being on i really appreciate sharing your wisdom and, and your information with our audience and i know they're really gonna get a lot out of it thanks buddy thanks, thanks a lot thanks for checking out today's episode if you'd like more videos like this be sure to like and subscribe to our youtube channel check out our facebook page and our other social media channels looking forward to bringing you more great content like this and happy farming <laughs>